you say, well, you might say, how does she have a right to tell me anything? This right here. Jesus said he, he ordained me to preach the gospel. He said that we didn't have to get papers out in the world, that he ordained us. And so I didn't, I didn't ask for that. He gave it to me. Just like we're going to talk today about something that God's given you. But we just want to praise him one more time. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for coming in and having your way. Thank you, Jesus, for setting the captive free. Thank you, God. When you put a, a minister in those positions, we follow that vision. We don't follow our own vision. We follow that vision, the vision that you put us under. And they have a right because you put them in that position and you gave them the vision. You didn't give the vision to 80 people. You gave it to that one, that one leader, God. And anything that fights that leader is in danger. Anything that fights that leader will be cut off. Anything that fights that vision, God will let, let destruction come to that. So I want to, I really need Julie up here, and if someone else will do the sound, I need her today. She helped me get this breakthrough. Thank you so much for being here. Um, I love every one of y'all. God's doing great things. He's uh, changing our life. He's, he's just, he's going to give you a breakthrough today. If you want one, somebody say, I got to want a breakthrough. It don't just happen. When I want a baby, I got to get pregnant, and then I got to have that baby. I got to go through some travail and birth that baby. Amen? It don't, it, the only person it just happened for was Mary, but she still had to go through all that. But, but God, the Holy Ghost, imparted her with Jesus. So he imparted Jesus into us. And if you want to have your destiny, your call in life, then you're going to have to birth it. You're going to have to break it through. You're going to have to let God break through your spirit, man. But then he'll give you the desires of your heart. He'll give you, he'll give you what he promised you in his word if you'll break it through. The anointing hopefully is on the word today, and that's why we didn't have to press real deep in the music. Sometimes it's on the, the music. Sometimes it's on the word. So it was perfect right where you brought us. Thank you, Sister Jacqueline. And um, I want to, God put a word in my spirit. I've been in prayer about four days over, over this word, and I can still feel it birthing through me. But this morning, he gave it a name, and he said it's pure and simple. It's pure and simple. You know, one of my favorite things to drink is simply lemonade because it tastes so pure. It just tastes like lemons and sugar and water, pure water. So we've heard that saying in all of our life, if, if life gives you lemons, make lemonade out of it. Well, God wants us to know today that it may seem like it's hard to get to the place for him to use you or to, to come in on your life, but it's pure and simple. Remember the children of Israel that it was supposed to be an 11-day journey, not a 40-year it wasn't God that made it difficult. What made it difficult? Doubt, fear, and unbelief. Our, our, uh, our own 
own lack of trusting God to use us, trusting God that I hear a lot of people say, I can't do it. Well, that's because we're trying to do it. If you try to do it, you can't do it. But when you let him do it, you can do all things through Christ that strengthens you. Amen. Julie, I want to look at you right there on the front row. I know you. <laughs> um, so it's not because God wants to make it hard. It's not because God wants it to be difficult for you to walk in a breakthrough anointing. It's not because he's just trying to keep your children from being saved, healed, or delivered. It's not that he wants you to have strife in your church or in your home. It's because all through history, there's been Jezebels, there's been Miriams, there's been Korahs, there's been Sauls, there's been things and people. For us today, it would be circumstances that come and hit our life to keep us from breaking through, to tell us it's not worth it, it's too hard, it's too difficult. But God is saying it's pure and simple. He said his gospel, he said, beware that you don't make it difficult and that you pull away from the simplicity of Christ. Let's look at Second uh, Corinthians chapter 11. Now, Elder Bivens didn't know that what was all going on in me, and I went to her house last night to the cell group, and she said, God woke her up with this word. Second Corinthians chapter 11, verse 2 and, two and 3. Did you read it, Pastor? For I am jealous over you with godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. So what is the battle? What's the battle? Anybody that's been here very long knows to, in order to go into the the uh, miracle power of God. Has any of you ever seen a miracle in here in your life? Yes. If you have, raised your hand. Okay. Did it seem like maybe there was, we, we broke through, we, we had to press at times to get to that level? What was the hindering force? Doubt, fear, and unbelief. Doing away with the simplicity of the gospel. Someone in charge or someone with the mic didn't take us on in and someone else had to do it. That causes conflict. That causes uh, strife and division. Yes, sir. But God said when Moses was trying to get the people to follow him, he said, God, who do you want me to say that you are? He said, say that I am that I am. That means I want to come in. See, that, that we, want, we want to know how to get to him, but he's... Telling me this morning, everybody focuses on how to get to me, but I want to get to them. I know he's in you, but he wants to come in. He made an appearance. Remember when they, they threw down everything and he rode in on that donkey? He made that great appearance. Jesus is still wanting to come in today. He's still wanting to come in on our circumstances in our lives. And, and the enemy is still trying to make people religious. He's still trying to make us not go in so we can't get that breakthrough, we can't get that answer, and we live in the wilderness, and we, and we wonder why our children won't come out of bondage. It's because we need a breakthrough. We need to press in. We need to let him come in on our circumstance. And when I, I was telling them last night, when, when I went to the home going of 
uh, pastor, um, I keep calling him pastor, pa Brother Paul's brother, he was a member of a church. He got saved two or three days before he died. Did, did Jesus want to come in all, them, all those times? How come a whole church couldn't get him saved? How come his name was on the letter and he was fixing to go to hell two days after Christmas? Because I know I went to see him and he said, I'm not ready. He was not saved. I went about six weeks ago. He was, not, he was not ready to meet God. What was the difference? Because I heard him talking about, you know, the Apostle Paul in the Bible and, and this and that. And, <clears throat> and I thought we should talk about the Paul, his brother that went over there because he felt the quickening, because he felt Jesus trying to come in on the situation, and he obeyed, and he walked over there. He was afraid. He was scared. And Cornelius was a powerful force. He was a powerful man, and I could see why that brother didn't want to go face that, and he did it anyway, and he walked in, and Cornelius said, yes, I want to receive Christ. He said, he's... <laughs> Yes, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. But he said, brother, I, I needed to hear it from you. I needed to hear it from you, brother. And he said, pastor, if I wouldn't have went, he said, this was the day, uh, of, I guess, of the home going. He said, I'd be in bad shape right now. He said, I didn't want to do it. I was scared. Who was trying to come in? It's pure and simple. Who? The Holy Ghost came on him. He said, go see your brother. Talk to him about me. That's pretty simple. We know it's pure, but it's simple. He either got up and did that, or he, he didn't. And if he didn't, he didn't reap the harvest. It didn't just happen because his name's on a letter. It didn't just happen. Where was all those people that go to us even, that go to church week after week? Do you obey the quickening and let God come in? Do you obey him when he says, run around the church, jump up and holler? Or do you think about it for too long and pass that place? And then we go on with our music, we go on with our songs. And he said, I desire obedience more than sacrifice. I desire you to obey me more than you sacrifice it to me. I desire you to get up and obey my quickening because that's when I know that you believe me. That's when I know that you come out of unbelief. That's when I know that you know that I am your God because you obey what I said to you. That's when I know I'm Lord of your life when you obey me. Lord means he's Lord of my life and I'm going to do what he said. Hey, I'm going to... I need the drums now. <laughs> Hallelujah. So where's the battle been? Through history. It's never been between praise leaders and pastors and prophets. It's been through history. It's been through history, the battle. Can anybody tell me what it is? It's, a, it's religion and the real Jesus. Religion wants us to go on with our life and not let him come in. Religion wants us to go through our church services, say that was pretty good. But did somebody leave and they was like, I went to get help that day. 
I went to get a breakthrough and there was no help for me. Did anybody ever leave your presence and they didn't get to a breakthrough because we didn't obey the quickening, because we were scared, because our self was more important, our flesh, how we felt, how we would look, how someone would receive us. We might get rejected, but did they leave the same or did they leave changed? Because every one of you got the Jesus on the inside of you. And every now and then he's going to say, I want to come in. You're going to be sitting there eating with your friend. And he's going to say, ask him about this. He, he wants to come in. What's, he, what's his greatest desire? To have relationship with us. What does majority of the church do? Push him out the door and do our own thing. And feel real good about it. But I'm going to ask you, did he get to come in? Hallelujah. Did he get to come in? Did he come in on God's people? Did you stop when he showed up with his majesty? Did you stop when his presence was there? Or did you think what you had was better? Did you think what you had was more than what everybody else had? So surely it's the way that God wants to go. And he said, I just want you to say a little prayer. I just want you to tell him it's pure and simple. I just want you to tell them that I love them. I just, I saw, just get up and testify what I've done for you. That's all I'm asking you to do. Let me come in today. Let me come in on your marriage. Let me come in on your circumstance. Let me come in on your money. When I tell you to give, give, because I'm trying to come in. Hey. Somebody say it's pure and simple. Pastor Casey, would you read John 11, verse 20 through 27? Thank you, Jesus. You can play a little when you feel it, just if you, you know, if you want to. Okay. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary sat still in the house. Okay, Martha, as soon as she heard Jesus was coming. So we're, we're together today, and you may hear him. He's wanting to come in on something. Or, you, or we're together in, in Sunday service. And we got, yes, we study. Yes, we have our, our songs. But he, he kind of likes that one today. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice. He's trying to come in. You can feel him. Things start getting a little unshaky. Yeah. Things start getting a little, because he's trying to take us out of the flesh into the spirit realm. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're going to feel fear right there. You're going to feel fear. That's what this, the whole battle is about. The children of Israel were too afraid to go in. It's the, it's the same thing today. How many going to let him come in right there? Yeah. How many going to let him come in right there and not go past that? Because the minute that you go past it, you turn religious. I'm not saying you're religious for the rest of your life. I'm saying, but that, that was religious. And when, if you give in to that spirit over and over and over, I've heard people say they would listen to Mama preach, but it wasn't, they knew it was good. They knew the anointing was on it, but it didn't go in on them. I mean, they didn't understand it. It didn't go. And I said, but when's the last time you obeyed God? When's the last time 
that she preached and you said amen hallelujah praise god glory to god thank you jesus glory when's the last time you obeyed the quickening because when you stop obeying that when you stop obeying that simplicity then you start getting hard your heart starts getting hard then it's harder to hear you hear him because he's like well they probably not gonna obey me i asked them the last hundred times let me go over here to Pastor Casey. You know, I've asked them. I want to come down with them. I want to come be with them. But they have other things going. Hallelujah. John 10, verse 1 and 5. We talked about this several times at prayer. This, there, I have a lot to cover today, but the Word's going to change us. Amen. 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 John 10. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. Verse 5. Yeah. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. Well, go ahead and read 1 through okay. 5. Sorry. I'm sorry. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him... The porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, and goeth forth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice, and a stranger they will not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. Amen. So, if you go in another way, not, not the, Jesus said he's the door. If you keep reading it, he said, I'm the door. This is what this parable means, I'm the door. And if you come through me, then you can get to the Father. Not through religion, not through what we know, through him. Through, we go to church so he can come in. That's why I come. So he can come in and I can say, oh, what do you want to say today? What do you have to do in this service? Not what I want to do. Amen. So we, we see through history, when I, when I got up Sunday and I said, you know, it wasn't for self-pity or y'all to, it was, I said, when I first started pastoring, that's why I have this on today, this right here. When I first started pastoring, it was seven years ago this February. And we, we had mom's home going and the next Sunday I had to preach. And so when I came in on Saturday to pray, People were knocking on the door wanting this church. And I had to get up and take ownership, take authority. Yes. And, and I just loved them, but they knew they weren't going to get to church. And, and these going to Hamburg and Pastor Casey, they're going to face this. Uh, people are going to come, and, and you have to take your authority. And all I did was simply, pure and simply, stood up and said, How are you doing? Oh, I loved your mama, and I'm thinking, you wasn't at the home going, but okay, go ahead. I, lo <laughs> I loved your mama. She meant so much to me. And, and, and do y'all need some help? Y'all let me know when you need some help. And then he felt the authority. Then he felt the same spirit that fights Jezebel and fights every other spirit that wants the real Jesus. He said, oh, he said, you... He said, you kind of pray like your mama. Because he had felt her authority too. Because he wanted a church when she started. It was the same man. Hallelujah. So when I stood up and I said, 
that I had a vision when I first started preaching. And I know Pastor Casey's already had some dreams against Jezebel. And y'all going to have them. You're going to go out and, because see, Jezebel don't quit. That's the thing is, we think we have to win the battle with Jezebel. No, Jezebel was still going. Uh, when Jezebel don't quit, just a new one rises up. So the battle's not to defeat Jezebel in that sense. The battle is to live in victory in the midst of Jezebel. Jesus had to face Jezebel every time he tried to heal somebody. Every time he, and he said, he pressed through that crowd of religion, and he said, give me your withered hand, and she got saved. So we're not trying to kill Jezebel in that sense. We're trying to live in victory and go up into our destiny in the face of Jezebel. So what did they, what did they have to do? They had to just go and on, keep going on with God. What happened to Joseph when, he, when there was a vision on him? See, that's when she starts coming. He, she don't come if you don't have no vision. You start having some vision. And then she comes to try to stop that. What's she trying to do? She's trying to control. What does religion do? Religion controls. Religion thinks it knows better. Religion thinks it can get there another way. And, and the prophets of God are here to not allow that spirit. That spirit's what took what has taken over probably over 80% of churches today because the, the, the men and women of God gave in to it. How many churches you been in where someone else controlled the church? Not the Holy Ghost. What happened? It's Jezebel. Saul. They started taking over. Nobody stood up against them. So if there's been any fight in me, that's the only fight that there's been. The only fight that it's ever been is you're not going to have when Jesus wants to come in. You're not going to take that away because this is what this church is for. This, this wasn't raised up for another religious place. It wasn't raised up just to come and get a good message. It was raised up for breakthrough. It was raised up to teach us how to live in victory. 100% of, our, of the time, it was raised up to let you know that you can go further and you can go, go deeper and you can go higher. But like Pastor Pinson said, you can have anything from God, but you're going to have to fight for it. So don't think you're going to ever, what did David do? He said, I have to get away from Saul or he's going to kill me. Now, was Saul bigger than God? No. But Saul wasn't going to quit. So you can't talk to that spirit. You can't help that spirit as long as someone's operating it. And some of you in your home, you live with Jezebel's spirits. You cannot talk to it. You cannot engage with it. You can't try to help it. How many times did David try to help Saul? How many times did he say, Saul, I was standing up right over you. I had your sword. I could have killed you. I could have said, get out of the church. I could have said, you're no longer in any authority. Saul, what is your battle against me? Jealousy. Saul is jealous. Jezebel is jealous because the Elijahs and the David will do what they won't do. 
and God brought this church here for anybody that wants to break out of bondage. Maybe you've been sitting in religion somewhere where that is your Egypt, and God's saying, I've seen a Moses, I've seen a Joshua. Come on out of that place and enter into your promised land. <laughs> Come on out and enter into your promised land. So don't ever think you're going to beat it. It's a spirit. But you can live in victory. Don't get rid of your husband or your wife because they're operating control. Just learn how to live in victory. Learn how to disarm it. Learn how to, yes, whatever God says. What did David do? He said, I've got to get away from Saul. And he went and he hid in caves. And he went to Achish and he said, Saul's going to kill me if I stay on this level with Saul. So I got to go. I got to get out of that. I got to go on up. I got to go on up because Jezebel and Saul's don't want you to go up. In fact, when you read the word, it says Jezebel cut off the prophets. Obadiah said, I've hid a hundred prophets. I've hid a hundred prophets because Elijah said, I'm the only one left. Have you ever felt like you're the only one that wanted God? I hadn't because y'all want God, I know, but but have you ever been at home on your bed, really, and been through such a spiritual battle? And it looks like everybody else is doing the other thing. So maybe something's wrong with you because you want more. <laughs> Have you ever felt like that? Well, God told Elijah, he said, you go face Ahab. Go face him. So you're going to face him. Don't think you're going to get over here in Hamburg and you ain't going to have to face him. Jezebel comes in all forms. But he said, Obadiah, he said, go tell uh, Ahab I'm coming. Tell him Elijah's here. He can't just have his reign in this. He can't just have the presence of God. He can't have our revival. He can't have, we're going to call down fire and see whose God is real. We're going to press through into the spirit realm till we see that miracle so then you can know. Is Jezebel real? Is Saul's real? Or is religion real? Or is God real? He said, I've hit a hundred prophets. And Elijah was like, because he thought he was the only one left. So what happened to Pastor Pinson? What happened to uh, Elijah? The man called fire down from heaven. He was running in caves because that spirit was after him. The man was producing the miracles of God, and he said, the angel of the Lord came to find him in a cave depressed. He said, what's wrong with you, Elijah? Why are you in this cave? He said, because Jezebel's after me. She's trying to kill me again. What's she after? Why is she after this one or that one? Why is she after you? Because she's after. He said, Jezebel's coming to seek my life. Jezebel's coming after your life because Jezebel ain't ready to go up. See, one time I had a close friend, and, and it hurt me because they was through with me, and I didn't know why. How many had that happen? And I cried for almost three months, and I don't know what happened, God. I don't know. What did I do? And Pastor Pinson was sitting in my driveway one day after prayer. I was sitting with her. I said, I don't know. She said, it's simple. You wanted to go up, and they wasn't ready. 
But see, they don't, they don't really push you up. They try to keep you down. That's what it means about cutting off the prophets. Cut off the prophets. What does that mean? Oh, I see potential in Jacqueline. I see potential in this man. Oh, I see potential. Let me get them over here to myself. Let me train them. When the prophet God already brought them in here to train, then we, we still, we take for ourselves and we keep them cut off. We keep them down because we see what they could be. And we call ourselves helping them. We call ourselves helping them. But did you bring them to the church? You don't own them. You don't monopolize them. You don't control them. You set them free to go forth with the prophets of God. That's what's helping. That's what's helping. Hallelujah. Thank you, G. If you want to help, maybe you operate in the spirit before because it comes in many forms. Remember I said it's not between two people. It's not between three people. That just may be what you've seen, but it's deeper than that. One time it was operating through three people against me, one family member, one in the church, and one on the board. I had to possess that land one by one. And I had to take authority. I had to say, you're not getting my husband, you spirit of Jezebel. Because, see, they'll gang up against you in the spirit. You, ever, you know what it feels like when there's a breach between you and somebody? And you spend a couple of days and you know there's no unity? That's the same thing. And it'll fight you like that. And then it'll get somebody with it in the spirit. Hopefully it's your husband or your spouse. So you're left alone and, and you'll come and bow down and serve it and help it. And you can't help a spirit. I'm here today to help somebody that wants to go on, though. I'm not here to help a spirit. I'm not here to get the spirit out of them. I'm here. If you want to really help, then you come forth this year and you help these new people come forth in here. Not in your homes, not in your, your car, not in the restaurant, in here. When I see you going forth and going past Jezebel yourself, because you can't help them if you have not defeated her in your own life. And if you haven't done what I need up here or, or leading the prayer, then you can't help them. How are you going to help them when you didn't win the battle? Let them get help. Let them get purity. Let them go through it in a simple manner. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So Elijah got tired. See, this physical body can't handle what a demon has been here for thousands of years. That's why I say we ain't trying to kill him. He's been here forever. He went through all the prophets. Every one, every, every time that the people got dry. Every time when the, the people weren't hungry for God. He was sent a prophet in there. He sent Jonah in there. Ezekiel. He sent his men and women of God to wake them up. But that wasn't forever. That was a season. Then he had to get him another prophet. Because the natural body, mind, will, and emotions can't handle that forever. And that's what Pastor D said about Pastor Pinson. She said this vessel couldn't take anymore. Well, if we operate in Jezebel against her, we think we defeated her? No, you, you just gave into a spirit that's been here forever. Because what happened? The next Sunday, someone got up and said, you thought that you killed her. Religion, this was my exact word. 
religion, which wasn't, I'm, I'm, we have wonderful people here. But the spirit of religion tries to take over every service if it can. So you thought that you killed her. And there was a demand placed on your life when she was here. Because she was a prophet of God. And you thought you took her out. But there's another one in her place. Amen. And I remember making that stand that day. What was the stand against? Anybody, anything that wants to take away from Jesus coming in. Amen. Anything. I don't care if it's our own fears, our own intimidation. That's, that's it. We'll move out of the way and let someone else bring him in. That, that's simple. That's simple. And another thing is we try to make our own way. If God's spoken of our life, we can't put ourselves in those positions. Someone has to place us there. So just because he said you're called for this, that's who you are in Christ. That's your position. Pastor Casey has been known for years. He was called to preach, to pastor. He's been sitting here since he was a little boy. He didn't go up to mama every week. What am I supposed to do with my position? He helped her by not having to be seen. He helped her because he stood in first assembly years and years ago with a different pastor. And when nobody would dance, he would. He already fought some Jezebels. So Jezebel, I don't think, in fact, Jehu, in the word of God, Let's look at 1 Kings 19, verse 15. Amen. God's going to do something in us if you want him to today. Amen. 1 Kings 19, 15. Hmm. Let's see. Elijah got tired and he said, God, I'm the only prophet left. God didn't feel sorry for him, though. He knows this battle. But Elijah went out in victory. He went up in a chariot of fire. Amen. Amen. It says, And the Lord said to him, Go return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when you come, anoint Hazael to be king over Syria. And Jehu. God showed me that Pastor Casey... And Michelle, that anointing on them is Jehu. Jehu. Anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, shall you anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of uh, Shaphat of Amaholia, shall you anoint to be prophet in your room. So we, think, we say a lot about Elisha getting the double portion. But God told him to anoint three people. And when you, when you study Jehu, Jezebel rose up. See, Elijah's gone. David's gone. What happened to Saul? What happened to Jezebel? Saul died on his own sword with his son, Jonathan. Jezebel got eaten by the dogs. They were there for a little bit, and it looked like they won. Because David said, I must go. The only way I can get away from Saul, I have to go join up with the Philistines. He had to look like he was joining with the enemy. He couldn't fight those battles anymore. 
because that spirit just would not quit fighting him. So it looked, it's the same thing that we've done through years, disarming the enemy. So it may look like that for a while, but I'm going to promise you one thing. Jehu going to rise up. Jehu going to rise up because it's not Jehu. It's never Moses. It's never me. It's never mama that fought that spirit. It's Jesus. It's Jesus that raises up his prophets. So if you've operated in any witchcraft, any control, by not going all the way in, and you were, you were the leader, you were the authority, and you didn't go all the way in, and you knew you didn't, and you waited for someone to do that for you, then you know that's witchcraft. It's, we can say, oh, I'm just not ready. Well, then don't do the position. But the fact that we keep doing it, that is witchcraft. Because we know better. And we choose to stop. We choose to not go on through. We choose to cut off the other prophets because we're in authority. And see, if we're in authority, we can control a lot. And that's why authority, that's why the prophets are constantly saying, you can't be in authority and operate in this spirit. You can't have that position anymore and do this. I got to see you winning your own battle in your life against Jezebel that's fighting you trying to make you fight the prophets of God. And then we'll see what God does. Amen? Amen. Well, God, we just give you praise today. We know that, that in each one of our lives that, that Jezebel's has showed up. We wanted something real. And our mama come told us, don't go to that church. And our mama wanted to pull us over here into religion, that we never seen any change in their life. But they acted like something was wrong with us for wanting the real. They acted like there was something wrong, God. That we had done wrong because we wanted your spirit, God. They acted like martyrs. They acted like they were the one that done wrong to get people to feel sorry and to try to work with it so it can manipulate and control some more, God. But they never did want you or they would have come and bowed their knee and say, I repent. I repent for being operating in this spirit. I repent for being afraid. I repent for operating in fear. I repent for bringing a bad report on the people because I wouldn't go in and I had to like it's your fault because you want it perfect. No, I want Jesus to come in.